0: Obviously, Chris is here, and we're joined by a special guest today, Marvin Azrak, one of my good buddies that I've known for quite a while now, even though, you know, we haven't really met much in person, except for did go to the YU game, but forgot to, uh, to go over. He seemed a little busy, so I didn't want to bother him, and he's doing his job. So Marvin, um, aka Marv, is actually a writer at Fansided, where he covers the New York Rangers, And he does have his own website, themarvzone.com. Check that out. He covers pretty much all sports, and it is all conducted by himself. And, you know, I've known him for quite some time, and he's a very talented writer, works extremely hard. He covers the YU Max basketball team, recently started that, a new gig for him, and he works very hard. And, you know, fans said it's not an easy job, as Chris was talking to me earlier before, because his experience was not so fun, but... You know, Marv works very hard, and you know, go check him out on Twitter. He does a lot of good work. And Marv, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, uh, thank you so much Rafael. It's It's uh, great to it's great to be here tonight uh, along with uh, Chris and you guys. Uh, uh, listen, uh, in preparation for this, I've listened to uh, a couple of your episodes, and you guys are you guys make a great team. So I'm excited to lend a helping hand tonight.
0: Yeah, it's definitely gonna be an exciting one. We do have an exciting one in up for discussion today. I'm gonna to get I'm gonna get this started off, but before we get this started off, Chris, I know you wanted to talk about this, so I guess we'll cover it first. But the WBC is approaching us and you know, before you know it, Pitchers and Catchers is just six days away and Pitchers and Catchers are reporting to spring training and WBC probably the most exciting non-MLB baseball event, w, the World Baseball Classic, where all teams from different countries and continents all come together and play for one championship, pretty much like how anything else works. But I think what I actually saw like a few days ago, just just put this out there, I, I do happen to see that younger prospects, up-and-coming prospects, such as like Sal Frelick. And other guys like himself, they're joining the World Baseball Classic, which is actually beneficial for them because if you think about it, a guy like Sal Frelick for the Brewers, he's you know he's in Triple A, and he's expecting to be called up at some point. But you know, facing um, professional, like facing MLB level pitching, even before you get the call, to MLB, I, th- I definitely think that's a smart move because if you think about it. If if you're facing MLB pitching before you even get called up, you're getting a you're getting a nice head start, and you you're getting a feel and you're getting a good sense of what that will look like for you, and you know, and you can make the right adjustments, and then see a feel of what major league level pitching looks for you. So I think that's gonna be exciting. Um, Chris, what's you? I mean, you've pretty pretty much been hyping up the World Baseball Classic for a while. So <laughs> what do you think?
2: I'm excited for it. I mean, it's always a lot of fun. I mean, you just look back uh, there are some pretty iconic moments that have happened in some past uh, world baseball classics for sure. I mean, just off the top of my head thinking of the Adam Jones uh, home run robbery in like right center field, the Javi Baez, no look tag uh, to get Nelson Cruz. I think it is at, at second base um, on the throw from Yadier Molina. I mean that one's still like, Like peak Javi Baez, like maining everything. Like the guy was literally looking at the throw, pointing back to Yachty, like celebrating the out before it even happened. Um, So, I mean, you just have a lot of passion from all the teams that are playing for the countries. Like, it's something special that I don't even know if. The World Series kind of gets on that same level with like the passion and the pride that you see from the players. It's definitely something different in playing for your home country and representing them on a stage like this, as opposed to playing for the team that is, you know, you're playing for in the major leagues or anything like that. So it's definitely a lot of fun. I always look forward to it. I saw, I have to look, I don't forget what they are, but I saw the uh breakdowns of you know each country in their own little pool and everything like that and USA's got a decent decent draw I expect them to win it but it's definitely not like a super easy draw or a super hard one where it's like man they're gonna struggle to get out of that because of the competition that they have in there but uh, it should definitely give them a challenge and hopefully get them better prepared and advancing further into the World Series I don't know if I can really feel confident about teams USA's chances of winning it at all. I mean, looking at the Dominican Republic's, you know, potential roster that they have, I feel like they're just, they're the team to beat every year because they're just so loaded with talent. I mean, USA is right up there for sure. But I mean, when you look at the lineups, like it's just, they're, it's, it's a different level in my opinion.
1: I think the World-based world Baseball classic, can be best attributed to uh, the World Cup in soccer, where yeah. it's a rarity and it it only comes around every so often. Players only get so many opportunities to play represent their country. Uh, so, I, for, yes, so, so like, uh, Messi reacted when he won the when when him in Argentina won the World Cup and he said it was the biggest victory uh, of his life. Uh, these players probably cherish. A gold medal in this tournament more than they would, would for any World Series championship that they would win, and you you could probably ask the guys who have won it before who have won both before, and they will probably tell you that the World Baseball Classic stands out because a World Series you have an opportunity every single season, but the World Baseball Classic comes every few years, and uh, that is a unique environment, and it's why players even though they understand the seasons are right around the corner. Sign up to play in this tournament. It's it's a sight to behold to see uh, everyone they, uh, the international baseball fans, the international baseball community unite and uh, travel all travel to America, travel to uh, wherever else they are, uh, wherever else that this is being held in. Uh, but it's that atmosphere. It's 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 like a, every game feels like October, even though it's March. To put it lightly. It's going to be definitely one that will be, I think, will live up to the hype. It's going to be uh, something that gets everyone back, right, in the to to loving baseball again. Baseball, I think, has had its has has definitely been lacking behind uh, the NBA and the NFL in terms of popularity recently. And I think that this isn't for them an opportunity to sort of win the casual sports fans back uh and get them and get them going again
0: yeah marv i mean like 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 you were saying it's unique the World baseball classic isn't very often and so only every every four years so it's not like we're seeing these teams come out every year except i mean aside from really the major leaguers you're not hearing much about the other guys because unless you're that big into baseball i don't think you follow the foreign leagues and all like the Chinese, the J- J- Japanese leagues and all those other leagues, but you know, it's unique it's every four years. And like you said, it's fun. And it's also fun for the players because it's their chance to get into a groove and find their rhythm. And I-, I think that's kind of just the focal point of the entire world baseball classic. Just get these guys going, you know, get their arms going, get the bat flowing, fi- find a good rhythm. And from there, it just, you can only go up, so I, I want to get this rolling.
1: That's why. That's today. That's why it's puzzling to me that Harrison Bader said, "I'm not going to do this," or or, or because I don't want to get hurt, or why Luis Severino is uh, has been uh, pro- is, is prohibited of pitching for his country because uh, Brian Cashman uh, told him not I, I, mean, I, I it's obviously a big injury risk, but at the same time. Uh, I, I think it's worth it because it allows you to get into that mode of oh i have to be great now uh quicker than usual you know, these guys are used to probably building themselves up but uh, this what this does is i think it, it'll it sort of it increases your endurance a bit and uh, and you and i think you're mentally stronger for the upcoming season knowing that you just played in a playoff in a, a playoff like uh, tournament
0: I mean, I, I think for Severino, um, is largely because of his health and the Yankees want him to get healthy. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, there's some players who are too fragile that you don't want to jeopardize their arm. And for a guy like Severino, who is vital to the Yankees' rotation, I, I just don't see re- risking him and putting him out there when the Yankees w- will need him, especially with Montas out for a good month. He's going to be a frontline starter for them for, I mean, for, obviously for the whole season, but with, that, with Montas out, he's going to need to uh, step up and play a bigger role. But let's get this so going. So is Mr.
1: Cortez, though. So is Mr. Cortez. So is Mr. Cortez. Um, <laughs> so is Mr. And, Cortez. You know, <laughs> right? and the, the, the stash man is going to, oh, he, if anything, he has to, he has to, he has to, <clears throat> sorry. And what he has to show is that last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, him, him rising to the top, uh, to to the top part of that rotation, and him being trusted in uh in a winner go home game five the American League Division Series. That just doesn't happen. Obviously, it took a lot of hard work for him to get to that point. Uh, the journeyman has finally found a home, and if that, and uh, if anything, yeah, he would he, he would be a guy that you would that you that you could say, hey, uh, that's maybe not not a risk anything here. Because he has had injury, injury issues before, but nope, they're letting him play. So I just, uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't get it from that from that perspective. Like, if Cashman would go to Cortez too and say, I don't want him playing, then I would totally get the, the idea, but I don't from the perspective of just, oh, okay, I'm going to pull Severino back. But no, Mestre, you could play. And I, I, to me, I, I just, that just seems a bit unfair to Sevi, but I'm sure Severino understands it. But uh, 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 that being said, though, I think it's he, he he has had a. It's not the first time that his feathers have been ruffled, though. Uh, I mean, last year we saw we saw that where they, where they kept him out longer than expected, uh, right? And, and then uh, and that's just something. So he's had he's had his ups and downs with the Yankees management. Uh, I just think that that I, it shows the competitor that he is. But I also believe that. Uh, the Yankees are trying to say, as much as we love your competitive fire, we have to you, you have to understand that your body is prone to uh, injury. Uh, but I, however, though I look, I'm looking at it from Severino's perspective, it's the World Baseball Classic. It's I only get to picture in my country every four years. Uh, I, who knows if I'm ever going to be asked to do this again? So let me play. I think that was Adam Wainwright made that point today that he was upset that he was never asked to be a part of this. Uh, I think uh, if you're Sever, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you're the Yankees, all right? I know you want, I know you have twenty eight in mind, but I uh, also think I would, I also think that Severino, uh, being allowed to pitch in an environment like that, will get him ready for what's to come.
0: Yeah, I definitely hear that, but we now I think we're gonna now start this top ten starting pitchers in baseball, us three, me. Chris and Marv have all compiled piled the top 10 starting pitchers in baseball. And I'm going to hit start off with my 10th best player pitcher, starting pitcher in baseball. Number 10 goes to the reigning NL rookie of the year, Spencer Strider. Sorry, not, did not win the rookie of the year, but the runner up for rookie of the year, Spencer Strider. The 24 year old just pull, pulling up a stats, he honestly, I think just from the season that he had, I think that the only place he can go up, he can go really just up from here because, you know, from what we've seen and this the mustache man was a, a really just a wreck and he completely dominated this year. And, you know, coming up in the Braves organization, he was already surrounded by the right guys. He, you know, he has... Max Freed by his side, he has, you know, a really just firm rotation to turn to, and he's surrounded by, a, you know, a, a nice amount of veterans and a good amount of younger guys who can teach him the ropes. And he finished the year with a two point six seven ERA, thirty eight point three strikeout rate, and he pitched twenty. He he pitched twenty games, started twenty games, and finished with a four point nine WAR. And this is we're looking at a guy who just had his rookie year. And, you know, from what we've seen, and from just the numbers itself, this guy is bound for greatness. And for the Braves, who are obviously pursuing a championship, I think it's vital and to have this young guy who can just pack it in and just put guys down and and punch guys out. And for a guy like Strider, he's young, and they're obviously hoping that he'll stay healthy. And for a guy like this, who... average fastball is 98 97 i think if he keeps this up and he could really have a very strong career if these numbers persist and he and if he continues to 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 uh attribute himself and and show the braves that he can be a part of this rotation and and be a frontline starter so that's kind of why i put him at 10 so chris i'm gonna have to after last time with our uh outfield uh rankings um Let's hope that we don't have much of a disparity here. So, Chris, hit me with your 10.
2: So, at 10, I'm going to be honest, I am going to kind of cheat here. I've got Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo in there. I believe those two guys are, like, just – I can't separate the two of them. Like, they're the top two guys in the Mariners rotation. Gilbert's only in his second season, and he is already looking like he's going to be a very – dominant pitcher that's gonna be able to play for a very long time he may not strike out as many batters as many people were maybe thinking or hoping that he would uh, but he's definitely a guy that is showing he can go deep into games is able to pitch in big games and pitch well in them and hold his own against any lineup that he faces and just looking at luis castillo he came over for the reds last season um I'm not really going to focus too much on what he did in Cincinnati. Not that it wasn't phenomenal or anything like that. I mean, pitching yeah. in great American ballpark is no easy task and he did it very, very well, but really what he did in just his short time in Seattle is really got me really excited for his prospect. This upcoming season, he pitched 65 and a third Indians last season in Seattle, struck out 77, went four and two um, in there. he had a 3.17 era, but, more specifically, his FIP, which is kind of a better indicator of how the pitcher is actually really pitching in term, not just going off their ERA or anything like that, because it factors in like the quality of like the bats and what the results of are from the hitters and everything. So it kind of gives a better indication of how a pitcher is doing. Because as you know with ERAs, a pitcher can get rocked in one game and it can inflate their ERA to a huge number that they can't ever get it back down. And It's just because of that one bad inning. Um, so Fib kind of count balances that out a little bit. He had a 2.91 last year uh in Seattle. Again, his ERA was 3.17. So he definitely shows that he can pitch and looks very good and very comfortable in the Pacific Northwest. And not only that, his strikeouts per nine went up over a full batter in his move from Cincinnati to Seattle as well. Now he did give up a few more hits, but I feel like that is a little more of an indication of him being able to relax and rely on that Seattle defense being much, much better than what Cincinnati trotted out. So both those guys, I expect them to have great seasons upcoming, and I expect both of them to make the All-Star game. It would be Castillo's third All-Star appearance, and it would be Gilbert's first All-Star appearance in his career. And those two guys I have in at number 10.
0: Marv, what you got?
1: Number 10 uh, for me is going to be the Bulldog. Carlos Rodon, uh, obviously the biggest uh, acquisition on their uh, on their side, and uh, um, for the Yankees. And uh, we talked about we talked Chris talked about uh, the FIP FIP before. Uh, Rodon sort of topped the list this year, uh, according <clears throat> to with a two point thirty four FIP, Obviously pitching for the Giants, now it's coming over to uh, the Yankees uh, with that, with a nice. Uh, the deal he's got, he, he, he netted himself in free agency. Uh, on the surface, well, almost everything went up, and he's he would pitched overall what I think was the best was it, was it was it was it was was the best season of his career, backing up a resurgent 2021 season. Uh, obviously, last year, um, uh, uh, yeah, maybe his ERA was down a little bit for this year from seven to uh two point eight eight. But other than that, I mean, you just just look at it. Mm. Look at what he was able to look at what he what he was able to do this year. He could reach a career high in strikeouts, and uh, with that, I think just he has got that mentality of a, of a of a bulldog in him. That's why they call him that. Uh, he fits he, he, he fits right in with uh, the the with, with, with what Garrett Cole brings to the table. So are those two guys at the top of the Yankee rotation. It's going to definitely. Uh, addresses an area that they felt they didn't really have. they, they didn't uh, trust uh, enough in last year and, and they had to that there were there were games where Boone had to go to his bullpen pretty early I think this year you're going to see uh, less of that because of the the uh, top end guys that they have in the rotation that one two punch Giancola and Rodon I think it, it gives the Yankees rotation definitely some some and some swagger. And uh, in a in playoff series, those two guys are tough to beat. And, and you yeah, have obviously Quartet, We talked about Cortez before. He's he's in the middle. It uh, gives the Yankees what they need: stability. And uh, I think Rodon's big is a big part of that now, uh, being that he's there. And uh, what he's shown that he's shown he could handle a big market, right, being in San Francisco. So uh, I mean, the only the only question I, I I only question his durability, but not his effectiveness. He's been.
0: So it seems that we all have a different approach on our 10th best pitcher. But from what I'm guessing, I'm guessing that our top five is kind of similar. So let's jump to nine. Um, So at nine, (laughs) at nine, I actually, I got Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. The ace and has been the ace of the Rays since Tyler Glass now just has been healthy. So Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays outdid his 2021 season. He did miss some time due to a neck and shoulder injury. But for the most part of the season, he was relatively healthy. He made 28 starts, 2.54 ERA, a 3-fip, placed 6th in Cy Young voting, made the all-star game. So Shane McClanahan, again, one of those hard-throwing guys with absolutely filth. And he almost hit 200 strikeouts this year. He had 194 with a 142 ERA plus. So this is another guy who's really shined and he's really stepped up and he's kind of taken the race rotation by the hand has kind of really stepped up their game and kind of taken a frontline role because the race rotation has been completely dominant the past few seasons. And we know what, the Rays, and we know what the Rays have done over the past few seasons, what they're pitching, and they have one of the best rotations and one of the best, and honestly, the most depth. And I think Shane McClanahan, again, with Tyler Glassnow out, he's really taken a bigger role, and he's kind of made a name for himself in his second year. So I'm expecting him to make to do big things in his, in his, in his third pro season. Uh, what you got, guys? Give me your nine.
1: I'll go with this one. Uh, number nine, I got Woof Woof Brandon Woodruff of the Milwaukee Brewers. So he is—he's a guy that, while well, he's yet to meet the 180 inning thresholds for a season, he has been able to. His numbers are pretty are pretty consistent, and it's an it's an indicator that that once he reaches that, he's going to be a guy that. Uh, could establish himself as an as as an ace if he isn't one already. I know he's been overshadowed by 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 the Barnes effect down and down there in, in Wisconsin, but uh, he's been a pretty great number two, and it, and, and uh, he's shown flashes at times of possibly becoming uh, a a permanent number one. Uh, this past season, he started slow with the ankle injury, but eh, he snapped out of it. Um, Final eighteen starts put together a pretty good two two point thirty eight uh, ERA, and he's a guy that I just think is uh, another one of those that um, he's going to sort of he's going to give you everything he's got, and uh, you're not going to see much inconsistency from him. Uh, but obviously, it's a matter of okay, can he stay healthy, and um, can he? <clears throat> And he's done, And can he keep the? Can he continue to keep uh, balls in the ballpark? He's done a great job over his career of just of limiting of limiting the home run ball. And if he could continue to do that, I think gradually you'll see an uptick in, every, in everything else around and uh, around him. And that's uh, that, that high, that's why I'm that's why I'm pretty high on him. Uh, number nine.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely a good choice for sure. I've got Zach Gallen in at number nine, and it probably is going to be the one that throws everyone off the most. But I feel that Zach Gallen is a very slept on pitcher. and Not many people really are giving him the respect and credit that he deserves. I mean, this is a guy that was a top prospect in the Marlins system was traded. Kind of surprisingly, to Arizona for Jazz Chisholm. So, uh, couples, a couple, swapping of a couple high prospects in each team, each uh, system, each team's farm system. But Gallon has definitely shown that he can handle being a frontline starter. I mean, he's increased his totals from last season to this year, and has done it and just been. A very underrated player, and there he led all of Major League Baseball with only 5.9 hits per nine innings. So, I mean, that's that's something right there that not many people are talking about. The guy just doesn't allow a lot of hits, and not only that, he only gave up 2.3 walks per nine innings as well, so he's not allowing a lot of hits. He's not walking a lot of batters, and he's striking out 9.4 per nine as well. So he's a very tough pitcher that not many people are talking about, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's in Arizona, and Arizona has not been a good team. But this is the going to be the put-gallon-on-the-map show here, and watch out for him this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, I'm, as you said, that was a pretty uh... – throw off pick, but I I definitely respect that because that gallon has really established himself as a very consistent pitcher. And I, I definitely respect that, that, that selection There's nothing wrong with that. But at my, at my eight, I got the most recent acquisition and a guy who Marv was just talking about Carlos Rodon from the San Francisco Giants. And I'm really excited for this guy because, you know, me and Marv are huge Yankees fans. And I think it's kind of exciting to have another ace, honestly, even a third ace, to come and join the Yankees rotation, which is now bolstered and maybe one of the, if not the best in baseball. And Carlos Rodon is, you know, hard-throwing lefty, and he had probably the best year of his career with the Giants in the past two years, he had the lowest FIP in baseball, 2.25 FIP. And the highest strikeout per nine innings rate, 12. He made the all-star game second year, second year in a row, two point eight eighty RA, 178 strikeout 178 innings. So the innings are never, were never have never been an issue for him. You know, he always can, can stretch out that seventh inning. Never really been an issue for him. And 237 strikeouts so he is a high strikeout pitcher he did finish with a 33.4 strikeout rate this past year 7.3 walk rate so again the Yankees are quite happy to have another pitcher who can bolster the rotation and now we're joined by one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball And I'm kind of excited for Rodon because we all know what he's capable of and he's pretty much a beast on the field. So if he can get going and, you know, if the Yankees rotation gets going and everyone's healthy, there's no reason for them to regress or even play poorly. So Chris, hit me with your seventh, eighth.
2: Uh for number eight, I've got Julio Urias, who's gonna be probably the ace of the Dodgers staff moving forward. At least for this year, uh Clinton Kershaw's on the downside of his career, and Walker Bueller is out for most likely all of this upcoming season, unfortunately. But Urias is a World Series winner, obviously with the Dodgers back in 2020. He won the ERA title as well. And he's a guy that is, you know, just 25 years old and had led the NL with a 2.16 ERA. And he's just a really good, good player. He kind of had a little bit of a down season last year, um, only logging 175 innings and only striking out 166 compared to, you know, 2021 where he threw for 185 innings and struck out 195 batters. But, you know, he's still kind of young, so I'm not too worried about that. His ERA is still really, really solid. You know, we're talking low threes, high twos, somewhere in there, uh, again, except for last season where it was the very low twos. But, um, you know, he's a guy that I believe is going to be the ace of the Dodgers staff. And he may not be on that same level as like a Clayton Kershaw was back in his prime, but he's still a guy that the Dodgers can definitely build a rotation around.
1: Number eight for me, and we talked about him before, but I, I'm okay with mentioning him again. Uh, he's going to be a thorn on the Yankee side for a while, but he's such a great pitcher to watch. Twenty-five-year-old Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, McClanahan was a top 100. He was a t- uh, top 100 prospect on, on his way up to the majors. What I think surprised everyone was just his location, his command, the calm, the confidence, the composure. But he's such a young player. Um, this year, we, we love talking about FIP on this uh, podcast. No, nope, no problem. He was uh, he, <clears throat> it, His it was a solid three this year for him. Uh, ERA uh two. Had an impressive 2.54 ERA. And 166 innings pitched, and uh, he's a guy that uh, is exciting uh, for sure. He jumps off the page at you because of his. Uh, how is he? His uh, consistent, his his consistent, his his strikeout strike. He he did a good job this year. I think, for me, 100, 194 was was a was a was a big up from a, a big increase from from one hundred forty one the year before. So, definitely, the batting average against was down from two fifty was a, and obviously that's a, that's a positive sign. Uh, from two fifty two to one ninety four, just just looked. Look, looks to be part of an ace, and he's only 25. So there's so much more to come from him. And I talked to before about how Woodruff, like he hasn't reached 180 innings yet. This guy hasn't done that yet in his season. But is another one that, uh, which is usually, I, I keep saying that because it's usually the minimum, minimum required for an ace. Once this guy does that, he is going to, I think, be in contention uh, for the uh, sign.
0: So at seven, this is kind of a hot take. Um, I kind of want to see what you guys put for seven, but I want to see a reaction to to this actually. Um, at seven, I put Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. This was a very risky take, but I really loved what I saw from Dylan Cease this year. I really loved it because you know, two years in twenty twenty one, he had a three point forty one FIP and. This year, he lowered that by 30 and finished at 3.10 and nearly won the Cy Young in the AL and he finished second in Cy Young voting. And I just really enjoyed watching Dylan this year because just his composure and just everything that he everything kind of just clicked for him this year. And now he's looking steamer gives him a little higher than kind of what I want. Steamer gives him a 3.69 FIP, and I definitely think he can do better than that because what we've seen this past year is kind of signaling a, a build-off year and a build-down year to what he did this past year because although he actually did allow the most walks this year, he has the most walks, 78 as starting pitcher, but I, I just think that if he can lower that walk rate and kind of get a grip of that, and just even just notch up and get, collect a few more strikeouts. There's no reason for Dylan Cease not to be in the top 10 because, again, he struck out 227 batters and he's complete filth. So, you know, what he, what we've seen from this year, and I, I just really, I was really impressed from what I saw from Dylan Cease this year. And he's kind of stepped up a lot this year and he's really improved his game. So, Dylan Cease, number seven. More of what you got.
1: Number seven for me is the wheel, of Zach Wheeler, uh, out, out, of the, out of Philadelphia. And uh, yeah, this is a guy that's been around for a while. Um, he surprised everyone with his 2021 campaign, uh, where he finished as, a, as the runner up uh, in the Cy Young voting. And many questions whether that was the best we were ever going to see from him. He nearly topped up this year. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty impressive given that he had a shoulder surgery uh, last year and it delayed his latest start to, to camp. And uh, his velocity obviously took a hit. But he listed that location, again, uh, that, that we saw from him last year. We stayed consistent throughout not only the regular season, but the postseason as the Phillies made their way to the, marched, marched away to the National League pennant. And as a guy that, again, is going to be, I think, in contention for for that uh, colored regular season award once again. Uh, coming off a year where he in twenty six starts, he had a two point eight two ERA, um, hundred sixty three strikeouts this year, so that was great. Then in the postseason, in six starts, thirty three Ks, and um, he pitched. He pitched his. He pitched his arm fell off. He's uh, another guy that uh, that that just competitiveness jumps out at me, and there's and a person that. Uh, you can tell that uh, oh, he's a great leader, right? In, uh, in, in the Phillies clubhouse, that that does it, that do have some young guys, uh, young, young pitchers, so he's able to measure them pretty well, and uh, was, uh, and, uh and again, he's uh, for me, he's uh, he's the wheel. I know everyone likes to talk about Nola, but I personally think that that Wheeler's the wheel that makes this uh, Phillies rotation go. Yeah.
2: yeah. No. Zach Wheeler, definitely a good choice for me. My number seven is Max Fried of the Atlanta Braves. This is another young up and coming pitcher for not only for the Braves, but also in major league baseball as well. I mean, he's a one-time all-star three-time gold glove. So obviously he fields his position well, while also being a beast on the mound and Former World Series winner, and surprisingly enough, he is a silver slugger winner, too. Not something you think of when you think of pitchers, but you know, he can obviously swing the stick out there. Um, Freed, just again, another another guy that's up and coming in the in Major League Baseball, showing what he's got. Again, not another guy that's gonna strike out a lot of batters, but at the same point in time he's not walking a lot of guys. And honestly, strikeouts are great. We all love them because it makes batters look foolish and it makes us feel better about us not being able to reach the major leagues. Cause it's like, huh, those guys do it too. But he walks 1.6 batters per nine, you know, in his starts. at least he did last year. And that's just more important is that he's not putting guys on base and hurting his team and hurting himself by giving them, but, giving opponents free passes so definitely a guy that controls the zone very well and is only going to continue to be dominant in that regard and is a guy that the braves can definitely have a rotation built around and they are you know you look at uh the guy that rafal talked about earlier spencer strider he's a young up-and-comer guy and could make a case for him being the, the ace but you know let's give him some more time and see what happens with him but they are the braves are definitely primed and ready to go for another strong season
0: I love Max Fried. I really do. And like yeah, like I was saying before, him and Spencer Strider are are honestly my favorite one of my favorite pitching duos in the game. But at six, this is actually a fun one for me because this is kind of like a guy who I kind of had mixed feelings for. But it's kind of hard to stay away from the fact that he's a two-way player. So, show time, Shohei Otani at number six. And I One of the reasons that I put him for number six is not only because he's just a two-way player, is because he does everything he can to be successful, and he's successful every time. (laughs) Because he won MVP last year, he won Rookie of the Year, he nearly won MVP and Cy Young this year, fell short of both of them, but... He struck out 219 guys, 2.33 ERA through 28 starts and a 2.40 FIP. And he fell short of Carlos Rodon for the most strikeouts per nine innings. He finished with 11.9, which was the highest in the American League, but again, Shohei Ohtani he finished with a 11.87 K per 9 rate, 33.2 strikeout rate, and 6.7 walk rate. So he doesn't walk a lot of batters, which is definitely a good sign. At his age, he only walked 44 batters, which is definitely an impressive stat. And I just think that there's really nothing other than you can say is that he's just a dominant man. And what he does on the field is like no other. And I don't think we're ever going to see the, like, something like this again. And just he's just a monster from on both sides of on both facets of the game. And I just think we've seen enough from this guy that obviously works back. He's expected to halt to receive a massive haul of money next year, wherever he goes. And kind of funny that I actually wrote up a little news piece about Otani and the Fox, there are five Fox writers actually projected five, five landing spots for Otani and the angels were not one of those teams. And I fully corroborate that because I don't think he's interested in playing for the angels anymore because he wants to win. And the Angels are not doing enough to prove that to him. And I think what he wants is to be in a winning team. And there you go. Shoei Otani at number six. Chris, what is your number six?
2: Well, before we get to that, I'm pretty sure I know why you have Otani down, and that's just because you're not a fan of him. Because there was all this talk about him being the MVP over Judge this last year, and we know how much you love Judge. So let's let's just be honest. That's why
0: you don't like Otani. So At much. least I put him down, Chris. <laughs> you gotta give me your credit there. At least I put him in my yes. top ten.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so no, my number six is Sandy Alcantara, the reigning NL um NL Cy Young winner f- this past season. He's also a two-time All-Star and he's another guy that is not necessarily talked about a whole lot. I mean obviously this past season he was because he won Cy Young, but you know, coming into the season, you know, you you looked at the Marlins rotation and you kind of looked at Sandy Alcantara and then Pablo Lopez who's now with the twins. But you're like, okay, yeah, those guys are good. But you know, that's kind of where it always went in the conversation. It's like, yeah, but um, he's definitely shown that he is a guy. I mean, he had six complete games this past season alone. I don't even know who who was number two in that. I mean, he led all of Major League Baseball with those six complete games. Um, so he can clearly pitch deep into games. Again, another guy that's not going to walk a lot of batters, so he's not really going to hurt himself or his team by putting guys on base. Um, you know, and He's, he's very, very good. And the uh, AL rookie of the year, Julio Rodriguez also happened to get his first home run off of him as well, which is pretty cool for, you know, Julio now looking back on it, he can say, yeah, and my first home run went off the uh, NL Cy Young, but Alcantara, another guy that is really starting to blossom into his abilities, um, and just gonna hopefully have another phenomenal season next year for the Marlins.
1: Number so, six, Mar, who you? Oh, number six, right? Number six. Yep. Uh, you know, it was funny because I was having a there was a conversation recently that uh, I saw come up on social media, and that was whether this guy is underrated. I don't think he is underrated. I think Garrett Cole is perfectly rated. Uh, the guy who has a three hundred twenty four million dollar man is a guy that may not. May not be um, at the cream of the crop as far as the top pickers in baseball are concerned, but he definitely isn't in that in that top ten mix. I have him at number six here. He's the reigning MLB strikeout leader. Uh, obviously, brings the heat, especially when it matters in the postseason. Uh, only caveat with him: the long ball. That's been a problem this entire Yankee tenor. But other than other than that, uh, he is uh, he's an ace. Uh, and he is Garrett, he's Garrett Cole, a guy who is a very studious uh, when it comes to pitching, always looking to learn uh, and get better. And he He's not shy. He doesn't shy away in, in, in describing his performances in his press conferences, which I absolutely love, and going into the uh, ins and outs of what he did good and what he did bad there. So that's something I absolutely love from him, and uh, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been a great Yankee so far, and I think that the next step for him is just to win a World Series as a Yankee. I don't think that Saw Young necessarily uh, is needed, although he has he was in the conversation last year. Do uh, and this year um, took a, took a bit of a step back. Obviously, the home runs got him, but he finished finished strong. Obviously, and obviously had a great playoff. So for me, that put him back in the conversation
0: as a uh, top tenner in baseball so Marv uh this probably is a bit disappointing to you but I actually did not put Garrett Cole on my top ten I just whoa <laughs> i I'm <laughs> I don't know I for me I just again he i I still think he's a very talented pitcher and he's got a lot in him but um from the top ten that I compiled I honestly think that these ten guys Have have proved himself more in the past couple seasons, and Cole, he allowed the most home runs in his career, and that that's kind of nerve wracking for me. Like I I we haven't seen that from from him, and he just hasn't really been himself. Obviously, he did break the Yankees' strikeout record in a regular season, but I just I want to see a little more from him, so I had to leave him out. And at number five, I have put in the one and only Max Scherzer of the New York Mets. He actually did only pitch 20. He only did make 23 starts because he did have that oblique and side injuries, which kind of caused him to mix some considerable time. But Max Scherzer, one of those guys who just doesn't walk people for his life. And he 4.2, percent walk rate he has he's really got a hold of that and he's really worked his entire career to lower that and keep that under control 24 walks 173 strikeouts with a 2.62 FIP and 2.29 ERA again one of the most dominant pitchers in the game and now he's he's paired with the former AL Cy Young Justin Verlander who I will be discussing sooner and I'm scared of the Mets because they lost to Grom. And of course, Uncle Stevie goes out and gets one of the most talented pitchers in baseball, Justin Verlander. So now Scherzer is joined by the reigning AL Cy young Justin Verlander. And this will be fun for Max because he's Max is doing his thing and now he's got some fun coming along with him with Justin Verlander. So there you go. Max Scherzer is at five. Marvin Azrak, who is your fifth pitcher
1: oh um all right I don't know how much this is gonna burn you but uh I got Corbin Burns at number five now um he was a guy that I was riding high uh on entering this uh past season because I had him as my young pick obviously he didn't go too well due to a uh second half stretch uh there was a mini stretch in the second half where I think for about a month he became all of a sudden uh hittable. Uh, but other than that he was he, he grinded his he grinded out in the year and uh, he finished uh, <clears throat> we well, finished over to he hit the 200 innings uh, threshold and uh, i think that you look at overall how he did i i think some of it could be is a bit misleading because of that poor stretch that he had i just think he had to find his mechanics again to a couple of things and but once he did that he looked uh, just like he, he looked exactly uh, how I expected him to look uh, entering the year of his incredible 2021 campaign. And I think this year he'll be at the top of at the, top of the uh, and I'll sell young race again in 2023. I know that there's now uh, a couple of guys in, in that league that will, are probably the favorites, obviously, but I, I wouldn't rule Burns out of that conversation just yet. So I have my number five for that. Yeah,
2: definitely a good choice. Can- Absolutely. Um, not where I'd have where I have Corbin, but that I mean he's definitely um you know a very solid choice. But uh Rafal, we are going to match on Mad Max Scherzer at number five. Um I believe it's the they first go. one we kind of had uh similarities on. So um yeah, you touched on it. The dude is just lights out and dominant at this point. And I mean, the concern I have, and that really is just the fact that the Mets are going to be – their frontline stars are both about 40 years old with a lot of innings on their arms. So I don't expect them to be healthy for the full season. I just really, really hope that it's not an injury or anything that takes them out for the rest of the year or anything like that um, because it will be fun to watch this this Mets team coming up this season. So, um, yeah, Mad Max, obviously one of the most durable and – nastiest pitchers out there you mentioned it earlier walks four percent of the batters that he faces again for just even more specificity on it that's only for his career 2.4 batters per nine innings and I mean that's just insane that it's you know maybe two guys maybe maybe three guys are going to get a walk in a game from him and that's it so definitely controls the
0: strike zone and he's my number five pitcher. Well, there you go. We finally grand something. (laughs) So, (laughs) so on my four, I've got probably my favorite pitcher in the game, even though I didn't put him as one, but he's probably my favorite to watch. Corbin Burns, and he was mentioned before, so I'm just going to add it quickly on him because we are on a time constraint here. But Corbin Burns, again, another guy who doesn't walk as many, as many batters, 6.4 walk rate. And I would like to see A little increased strikeout rate. Only at 30.5. I would like to see that a little improved. And other than that, just the nasties. He has complete filth on the mound. That backdoor cutter is just nasty to watch. And I pretty much just watch on a replay again and again. I just can't get enough of it. So Corbin Burns at my four. And again, one of my favorite duos with Brandon Woodruff, even though he's not in my top ten. But another... Nice duo that I love watching, and they're just fun pictures to watch. So, let's address the four round. So, Chris, who you got at your four?
2: Jacob DeGrom, the new the new ace for the Texas Rangers, and a big payday for him for sure. Going over to Texas, um, he is definitely a guy that is an idiot's eater can strike out a lot of batters for sure. And just be nasty up there on that mound. Uh, injuries. Unfortunately, the last few seasons have really kind of um, affected him. And it's unfortunate because he is just a fun guy to watch. I remember, I think it was early in 2021 before we went down with like the injuries and stuff like that. It was like, you when you took them out, it's like okay, this dude's probably gonna go nine innings again because that's just what he could do. Like, he just went deep into games and that's something you don't see a lot in today's baseball. So um Jacob DuGram, the number four
1: Okay, uh congratulations, Chris. We actually ground someone. Uh I got All Jacob right. deGrom at number four. Yeah, um simple man. Uh, he is a simple man with a um, heap of issues, a uh, heap of physical issues. But uh, I'll tell you this: when he is right, there is um, there is virtually no one better, no no one that does it better uh, than him. Uh, he got he got the money in Texas. I don't think it was worth it for the Mets to pay him that, obviously, uh, considering they got JV at the end of it was more. Uh, obviously, a bit more durable, but if the is able to make it through a season healthy, we've seen what he can do with the signings that he already has locked up in this trophy case. If he does it, if he can, if he can make it through twenty twenty three as a healthy man, I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be a. I think he'll become that simple man once again. right now I say this because that's his workout song. So I think it just it, it definitely. Correlates well with the type of person he is. He's not a guy that talks to the media a lot, so uh, I think that's why another reason why I think he'll enjoy Texas is he's not going to be asked uh, to be to be at a he's not going to be asked uh, constantly by the media the same questions over and over again. He'll just be I think he'll just do his thing, uh, simplicity, simple his simple task to him. Going out there and uh, shoving every five days, and maybe, who knows maybe he'll win the first AL Cy Young of his career.
0: So at three, I kind of struggled with the my bottom, my top three. This is kind of, it took me a while to kind of settle this out. But now number three, I got the most recent addition to the New York match, Justin Verlander, who c- came off a Tommy John surgery, which I don't think, <laughs> this this was totally unprecedented. And came back and won the AL Cy Young and even finished top 10 in MVP voting, and he was obviously mentioned before, but he had the lowest whip, .829. He had the lowest ERA, plus two twenty Again, the 1.75 ERA, that 818 win loss percentage, and the 18 wins. So there's really nothing you could ask more from Justin Berlander, because he just does the job, and he struck out 185 batters, and he only walked 29, which comes out to just a 4.4 walk rate, which is close to Scherzer, who I just mentioned a few names ago. So again, Justin Verlander just keep doing his thing. He's just dominating and he's nearing the age where he'll retire. He's 39 is could be his final couple seasons in the league, but the Justin Verlander legacy will never disappear. And Marv, what you got? No, number three.
1: I, I, one thing I gotta say with uh, in response to that, you can maybe pull off a Tom Brady and play towards forty five. Yeah, we're not with this guy. Um <laughs> number three, I have uh we, we I have I have, I have Sandy. Uh this guy down at the down in South Florida. I'm sure he's been enjoying his time at the beach, especially since he uh he won the Sion Award this past year, Sandy at a la cantata. Um he is in a class of his this guy was in a class of his own and uh just to put it just to put uh, some of it, some of it, the stats that we didn't touch up, that weren't touched upon earlier. In fourteen of his last thirty-two starts, he went at least eight innings, and uh, that's for me. <laughs> for me, it's it's yeah, that's enough for me to to uh, combine with everything else to move him up into the top three. And he's a guy that I personally saw coming, uh, and, and progressing yeah you know, over the last few years, and he put it all together this year. If the Marlins ever ever good in the in the near future, which will be onto our management, uh, we can actually see playoff Sandy, which I think everyone uh will would love watching.
2: Yeah, can't can't argue with Sandy there. Definitely we talked about him earlier, or I did at least, and yeah, he's definitely a top ten pitcher in the majors. But my number three is Shohei Otani. Uh you know, he is arguably The best player in baseball, I mean, a guy that can swing it from the dish and pitch it from the mound in today's baseball is something that hasn't been seen in a very, very long time. And what he does is absolutely incredible to watch. Struck out 219 batters last season while throwing 166 innings. So he definitely has the nasty arsenal up there. His ERA was a 2.33 and his FIP was a 2.4. So right about what you'd expect of what he was doing um, on the mound. You know, the results are pretty, pretty good out there. And Shohei Otani is my number three pitcher. And I would not be surprised if he gets another MVP um, in his career. And it's surprising that he doesn't have a Cy Young yet. um, But I expect that to change at some point in his career as well.
0: So for my final two, I was going to wrap up this episode. So at two, I've got the guy who we've all been talking about, and I think it has been mentioned. He's Both you guys have already included him. So Sandy draw of the Miami Marlins and the Ace, who is under control through 2026 and has a club option for 2027. Again, an, the most dominant and... The longevity and just – it really amazes me how he can go that long and go that deep into a game. He had 270 strikeouts, 32 starts. Again, the big number that kind of stands out is those six complete games and the most innings in baseball, 228.2 with 886 batters faced. Obviously, won the side young. But, again, he's the second time making the all-star game. And now he's kind of really – Found a rhythm and he's really found his groove uh, in Miami and now he has another good three four years in Miami and, and, and under Miami bright lights. So Sandy is again. <laughs> one of the most dominant positions of the game. And if he can keep this up, and I got Mr. Pretty Corbin much 0-9 in, innings. Um, not a lot of extra I can start. add to
2: him. What you guys uh, have, uh, there's no reason about him, about him not to be up there. He's definitely the ace and, at the Milwaukee you know, Brewers. You we've seen enough of him and, over yeah, the past six years. it's going to gonna uh, so, it be somebody that they're going to build around. We'll be interested to see what the Chris, Brewers I mean, what do this season considering some of the lackluster performances they had some from some of their players. But, Corbin Burns is someone that they don't have to worry about. Again, last season, he led the NL with 243 strikeouts and 33 games started. So he is a guy that they can count on. He's durable, and it'll be fun to watch him again. Marv, who you got at your number two?
1: All right. I have number two. Uh, I'm sticking in the, AL East for, I'm sorry, the NL East for these final two. Um, uh, uh, yes, particularly in Queens. And I'm going to go with num- number two is... Uh, the number two of the mental rotation right now, that is Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. His I, I know that he has been that he has had his uh, IL stints over the past couple of uh, seasons. He has you know I think they haven't really had much to do with with his arm. Now yes, he has had a couple of moments where he's cited arm fatigue, but to be to be fair, that's just that's just him pushing his limits. I always love to see when a guy pushes his limits and is able to preserve himself over the course of a full season. Um, yeah, there was, so I think that the, he's number two because of just just their ability, his longevity, and I think he is someone that maybe right now Mets fans look at him in sort of a dire light because of the way he uh, concluded his season down the stretch. Um, he was solid against the Atlanta Braves, but not good enough as they were trying to wrap up the NL East title. And then, in the playoffs, he had the done against San Diego. However, this guy is a proven winner. We he, you know I mean, he's one of um, he's one of plethora of Cy Youngs. He's got a World Series, the first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think that uh, he still is. He still can. He, he has shown that he can be that he's up there. He can still be up there with the best of the best. And there's a there's more pressure that's now off of him, being that J V is now there, and J V obviously is healthier. Then uh, has a healthier reputation. At uh, least this season, he did right coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's shown he that when he could pitch in a full, when when he could pitch at the start of a season, you can count on him staying healthy throughout. So uh, I think that that sort of alleviates some of the tension off of Scherzer. He can just go out there under the radar, sort of do his thing, which is why we have him at, uh, at number two on my list. Surprising, maybe, but not to me. He's a Mad Max after all.
0: Very bold, Mark. Very, very bold. But I do love that pick, giving Max that number two slot. So the best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion, I know you guys were discussing how he's extremely injury prone. I'm not going to deny that, but at the best pitcher in baseball is the 34-year-old two-time Cy Young winner and former Rookie of the Year, Jacob deGrom, who signed that big five-year $185 million contract. And now he's he, now he is shifting cities and even states. So now he has not as much pressure now that he's on a the Texas Rangers. So he's got a little less pressure off of him and kind of not as much of a burden for him. And again, when he's healthy, he is the most talented pitcher in baseball. I, I'm gonna say that he is the most talented pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. So if he can get through a full season, he's the most talented pitcher in baseball, and we've seen enough from him to know that. And, he, again, he hasn't thrown a, over 100 innings since 2019, but he needs to get healthy, and that's really crucial for him and for the Rangers who kind of roll the dice and put out a huge bet on him. So I we need DeGrom to get him healthy because everyone loves watching DeGrom. But now that he's in Texas, maybe it'll – He's up for him a little bit, and you know, let's get him healthy and watch the best pitcher in baseball play. Marv, who is your best pitcher in baseball?
1: I've at him earlier, I've at him throughout. Uh, my 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 me revealing this top revelation of the top 10 uh, <clears throat> of my top 10 pitchers and. In- in the majors today, and, uh, and no surprise, to, it's Justin Verlander and number one, the reigning AL Cy yes. Award winner. Uh, even at age, right age forty, he just got the bag. He got a deal with the Mets over a nice two, couple of years. Um, Eighty-six point seven in total. That's forty-three point uh, about forty-three point three million AAV. And he's got a 35 million vesting option for that third year. A great contract, and I think is a guy that can definitely live up to that and, and earn that third year. Um, him and Scherzer reunited again, just like in Detroit. Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm I have watched baseball for I, I uh, for for as long as maybe as those two guys have been able to uh, dominate. Were able to dominate uh, uh, in Detroit. I remember as a little kid watching them. Uh, uh, handcuff the Yankee bats on their way to a 2012 ALCS sweep. So I've known those guys for about a decade. I've watched them um, intently. Those guys are uh, somehow that win a World Series together. Then, as the, uh, because they ran into the Giants dynasty, and now there's another opportunity in New York, in Flushing, uh, with the Mets. And uh, Verlander is a guy that is, uh, I think, is a, is a healthy. He's a healthy Degrom, and you could argue that, he's, that he could be even better than Jacob Degrom um uh, so the Mets the Mets are getting a guy that they don't have to wait till August to see pitch and they're getting a guy that is going that that's still uh, <laughs> let's face it he's they are getting a they're getting a guy that ages like fine line and uh he just he's coming off a world Series championship so he's been there already and uh he was he 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 exercises playoff demons with that game five World Series or as World Series demons with that game five victory uh so he is a uh, He's definitely coming in uh, with his confidence at an all-time high, and it's a new challenge for him, uh, which uh, which uh, will allow him, I think, to continue to be at his best. And we'll see who delivers a World Series to the Mets within the next couple of seasons. But that's very, that, that's uh, that's that, that's that's my best pitcher in baseball right now. It's Justin Verlander.
2: Yes, and he is the best pitcher in baseball. He's my number one as well. Uh, at age 39, he led all of Major League Baseball with a 1.75 ERA last season at 39 years old. I don't know how people could not have him as number one. I mean, DeGrom, yes, one healthy, and that's a big if, um, is very talented for sure. But uh, Verlander is a MVP, three-time Cy Young winner, triple crown winner, rookie of the year, nine-time All-Star, two-time ERA ERA title, two-time World Series winner now, the ALCS MVP and the Major League Player of the Year. And that's all you need to know about why he's the number one pitcher in baseball.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to stick with with the Grom here, but I definitely understand where you guys are coming from, but I'm stick you're, with the Grom.
1: It's a two it's a it's two against one.
0: <laughs> it, is, it, it is it is two against we're one so, but yeah. i i'm rolling the dice here we're, we're, I, I still believe I that he's it. the best pitcher of baseball we'll but, see,
1: um, I, mean, so, I think i think there, there's definitely help, there's definitely with him uh, questions about how about about how long can he go for without hitting the injured list obviously for me he made the top five because i believe that that's that's I believe he can do it, but uh, Obviously, now we're one. But the, your best, uh, <clears throat> obviously, the, the best thing that you got is your is your is your, is your availability. So and and, and how and your durability? How long you can your longevity and over the course of one hundred and sixty-two games How long you can last? We'll see how long he does it. Obviously, everyone knows that. Yeah, you're right. I, he is arguably one. He's arguably at the top of the. When he's when he is on, but how long can he do it is the big question. Is, is the is the big elephant? Wrong.
0: Yeah, and like and Chris, like you were saying that it is definitely a big if because we haven't really seen him healthy. Like I was saying before, he hasn't hit that 100 inning mark since 2019. But again, I, I'm ro- I'm rolling the dice here to be honest, and I know it is a risky move putting him as the best pitcher in baseball, but I think he's the most talented pitcher in baseball. But it's just a matter of that big if that's kind of just gleaming over my head because I've grown up with Jacob DeGrom and I've seen enough from him to deem him as the best pitcher in baseball. And I just need him to get healthy in order to prove that. And that's really hard to say. So this has been a very uh, fun and I think we covered a lot here, covered a lot of ground and this has been very fun, Marv. I think we definitely have to have you on again and it's been really nice to have you.
1: Yeah, it's been, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it tonight. I, I truly had a great time with you all. It gets me excited because, uh, pictures and characters are coming, we'll really be reporting in a couple of weeks. So this is, uh, so it gets, it gets you in the baseball spirit, which will be, uh, on deck right after, right after Sunday's Super Bowl between the chiefs and the Eagles. I know we don't like talk football in here, but, uh, that's the old saying. You uh, know, once football ends, baseball uh, is on deck for a lot of sports fans out there. I do want to give a shout out um, to Jacob Steinmetz. He announced today that he is going to be pitching for Team Israel uh, in the World Baseball Classic, uh, which is amazing because he's trying to become the first uh, Orthodox Jew being to, to, to make the majors, um, and that just and I hope he does that. You know, he's a guy that. Uh, it's from. he's a, it, it, a guy that has, and that is a, he's a local guy and when I mean a local guy he is in the neighborhood uh in my uh, sort of around around my neighborhood a little bit uh, we the school that uh, high, high school that we went to we played we, we played at high school a lot I never got the opportunity to play him but uh, he was a good but he was uh from people I've spoken to that this guy uh he's our, he has he has the makings of a top uh, MLB prospect obviously he's raw he's uh, 19 we'll see we'll see how, how we'll see if he isn't to get there but just to hear that announcement today from him uh it was music to my ears i because now we can finally see him on a big stage and face a major league kidding which i think down for the future is uh it will definitely help uh shape him as he makes his way up to the show
0: yeah so, uh so. definitely very cool for him and as always chris um i mean we've done a lot here and i, I I'm pretty sure that we've kind of had, I mean, from compared to the last episode, I, I'm pretty sure we were kind of on the same track, so I kind of like that, and as always, first of all, make sure to check out Marv on Twitter at Azrek Marvin. he pretty much posts all of his promotional stuff and all of his swag out there, and check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and... I mean, that's it. So check it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are there. And give us a like, give us a review, and share it to your friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, this episode. And we will see you next week.